are Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Who are this season's top NHL players? Find out on Locked On NHL Podcast. Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network of podcasts. Subscribe to the Locked On NHL podcast on YouTube and turn on your notifications so that you never miss an episode. Today's episode is a Matthew Kachuk Monday. I was thinking of this while I was in the drive-thru for my Dunkin' Donuts coffee. (laughs) So, you know, uh, I figured we could have a little fun today talking about Kachuk and just kind of unpacking his past and potential future here in Calgary. And there's no better way to do that than to kick off your week with a little Matthew Kachuk. So heading into last season, he did lead the team in points before the pause. The playoffs for him were cut extra short after he was sandwiched between two Jets players and suffered a concussion. And as we all remember, his playoff experience was quite uh, different. After he accidentally collided with Mark Shifley, there was kind of a target on his back, and that's what led to the concussion. In my honest opinion, I do believe that the Jets targeted him. I know that Blake Wheeler kind of targeted him as well. Uh, you know, it's just unfortunate, you know, in the name of protecting your own teammates, you got to do what you got to do, but sandwiching a guy for an honest and accidental, unintentional collision is just not, uh, it's not my cup of tea, and I don't think many people were too happy about it. And Unfortunately, Kachuk showed the most emotion out of everyone on that team in the bubble. You know, going back to watching him in the press box, you saw him kind of, I don't want to say throwing a fit, but, you know, he was a lot more engaged than anyone else on the ice. He was, you you know, reacting to missed calls. He was kind of put off by the way that the refs were calling the game and how his teammates were playing and all that stuff that, you know, kind of makes somebody the heartbeat of the team. And last summer when I was recording and producing the shows with uh, Sean, he was very quick to say that he was the heartbeat of the team. And I completely agree, but I do think, unfortunately, this year we saw a change. And... I think that everybody kind of had their own opinion of Kachuk this year. I do think that the lingering side effects of a concussion did play a factor into this. You know, we are still in a pandemic, and we were when the season started as well. And it's hard, I'm sure, for these players to be away from their family. The only time that uh, Kachuk really got to see family was his brother in Ottawa. So... Aside from that, I do think that he was kind of, uh, he was still a good player this season, do not get me wrong, but he had a target on his back, and I think that this season was far from his full and true potential. 43 points in 56 games. Now, that is no Connor McDavid 102 in 56 games or whatever, 
but he was third on the team in points behind uh, Johnny Gaudreau in first and Lindholm in second, and that line came alive once Johnny, I mean, not that it was ever (laughs) dead, but that line really carried the team uh, through the last few games of the season, and I would love to see it again come October. I think that that would be a really special line, and there's plenty of room for the Flames to shuffle players around now that you have a bit more depth, and it's something to work with, because otherwise you're going to have a little bit of an embarrassing season once again. I think that that's a whole other issue we can unpack later. But back to Matthew Kachuk. He led the team in penalty minutes, and I think that a lot of people were frustrated with how he acted. And I'm not condoning his antics or anything like that, but I do think that he was kind of the only physical one on the team. And unfortunately, there were moments where he did let his emotions get the best of him. And I am not entirely sure what else you could want from a player who is known to be physical. And obviously I'm not condoning like the illegal hits and things like that. I'm talking like, you know, just getting under your opponent's skin and things like that. I just, I think that a lot of people just really like to pick on him the same way that they go after Brad Marchand, even though Brad Marchand has cleaned up his act, like notably cleaned up his act. It has been uh, quite a few years since he has been suspended, and I think that we're going to see that with Kachuk as well, and, you know, I've talked about that on this show before, and I'll talk about it again. I think that he is coming around and kind of turning a corner, but something that is going to take a bit of time to kind of move on from or... I I don't really know what the right word is. I think that people are going to have to, like... I think people are going to remember this for a long time, and that would be the Jake Muzzin incident. I, I'm i just not entirely sure how you can kind of look past that and not call him, you know, a diva, a temper tantrum, you know, a little, I don't know, just a sore sport, a sore loser. I mean, these aren't my opinions on him, obviously. Uh, I would never come out and say those things. My God. Uh, No, but I think that that's a label that was kind of thrown out there after Muzzin, you know, hucked the puck and Kachuk just kind of did throw a little bit of a fit. And I don't blame him. I'd be annoyed too if somebody threw a hockey puck at me. But again, we only look at things from one angle here um, on hockey Twitter. And then of course... You have to think about how he felt when his friends were traded away. Obviously, you got to do what you got to do for business, but Sam Bennett being traded, I think really, I don't want to say took a toll on Kachuk because I don't know that, but I think that that kind of like, that stung. And then I absolutely think that Riddick being traded was just really hard on him too. I don't want to, you know, he probably felt isolated. I don't want to put any words in his mouth. I don't want to kind of conjure up any rumors or anything like that, but I just have a gut feeling that the locker room wasn't really meshing well and wasn't really working, and they kind of just like all had their little clicks, 
and whatnot, and Bennett, Riddick, and of course, Kachuk were all friends, so it's probably hard to see them go, and probably feel like, uh, what's her name, Katie Herring and Mean Girls eating lunch in the bathroom stall by herself, so regardless of how much money you make or uh, how much of an NHL superstar you are, you are still going to feel human emotions. Make sure to stick around for some more Matthew Kachuk talk along with Brad Tree Living, potentially in some hot water if he cannot get certain deals done. But of course, you might be able to place a bet on that. Head on over to Bet Online AG today. Sign up for your free account. Make that first deposit and use promo code LOCKED ON for that 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online AG has literally everything you need to place your bets. If you are feeling like betting on politics, they got it. Reality TV shows, they got it. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody actually does bet on the NFL preseason. Don't know why you would, but if you're feeling a little risky, go ahead and do it. Stanley Cup predictions, World Series predictions, go out and do it and you can get that 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code Locked On to sign up for your free account, and make that first deposit, head on over to Bet Online AG today and sign up for a free account. Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter so we keep these conversations going. Follow me at Jess Belmosto. Matthew Kachuk is not a bad player by any means. I do not think that he is overrated. I think that he is just, you know... He's a good player. Like, there's no other way to say it. He's a good player stuck in a small market and really doesn't have much to work with uh, nine times out of ten. But I think he's reined in his antics for the most part. And if I remember correctly, which I believe I do, I believe I do, under this current CBA, he is not considered a repeat offender anymore since it's been two plus years since his last suspension. So, you know, he, he's cleaned it up a little bit. And like I mentioned in uh, earlier on in the show, he absolutely has just turned a corner. I think that he knows in his heart that he can't keep that up. There, This isn't old school hockey or anything. He needs to kind of turn the page, turn over a new leaf, and I think that he has kind of, I don't want to say he's lost being the heartbeat of the team because I think he is. And I think as a team, they kind of need to turn this page and just get on the same page. And it's a lot. I think that, you know, with the mix of younger and older players and players that probably aren't interested in all of these, I don't want to say outbursts, because really it's only that one outburst against the Leafs, but it sticks out in players and co-workers' minds, I'm sure. I mean, because at the end of the day, these guys all work together. (laughs) It's kind of like an office setting, you know? You don't like when uh, Rob brings his tuna sandwich and stinks up the lunchroom, and I'm sure that there's players in the locker room who doesn't like what Kachuk goes out there and 
has a physical game that doesn't really result in anything good. Uh, one of the biggest things that I think um, impacts this team is individualism. I think that there isn't anyone in this current locker room, well, I guess I should say last season, who is willing to kind of step up and say, okay, get a hold of yourselves. This is a team. We all need to be playing better. We need to be on the same page. We want to prove everyone wrong, and we're not doing that when we can't even go out there and have a cohesive line change or you know, we need to actually put our best foot forward, whether we're down two goals or we have the lead. And I think that one of the most effective voices in this locker room this year will be Chris Tanev and probably Blake Coleman. Do I think Kachuk has it in him to step it up? Absolutely, I do. But part of me wonders if he will take a back seat because he doesn't want to be seen as somebody who loves the spotlight, who loves the attention, who wants to be that voice. He doesn't have to be that voice. And I think that this last year may have caused a little rift. And, you know, I don't think it's like an irreprehensible rift or, you know, something that can't be fixed. I just think that it's probably going to take the off season to kind of, you know, shake, shake it all off, get it back together and breathe. But again, I don't know. I could be making this up in my head. And part of me really wonders if Kachuk does have, I mean, he does have a personality. That's not a, like, there's not a doubt in my mind that he has a personality. He has it in him to step up and be a leader. And I think one of the things that a lot of people wonder is, is it because it's a smaller market that he is under the microscope so heavily and so, uh, just so easily targeted? And he went from being one of the most loved players on the team to, we need to let him hit the market next summer. We need to do this. We need to do that. He just, he can't be on the team anymore. Uh, trade him. He doesn't even want to be here. Now, I don't think any of that is true. I think he does want to be there. But I think, I mean, I wouldn't really want to show up to work happy if I knew that my coworkers weren't happy with me. And again, that is just me speculating. I'm really hoping that there there's a little bit of introspection and self-reflection done this offseason from everyone even you know management and ownership and kind of said okay this is what we're gonna do to get the team that you know elevated in somewhere that's not just middle of the road mediocre hockey because there are so many talented players on this team that would thrive in any other market. I truly believe it. I think that, uh, I really think Kachuk is one of them. I think that Gaudreau is one of them. Probably Jacob Markstrom and, you know, Mangiapane would do wonders for a team like Columbus or even, I'm trying to think, like San Jose and things like that. Like, 
these teams are like this team is so lucky to have the players that they do and to not want them to succeed or to not set them up for success is really embarrassing and I think it's gotten to the point where middle of the road hockey it probably isn't cutting it anymore for Kachuk he wants to win he is a clear competitor and could potentially hit the market next offseason and he will have offers from probably everyone as long as he's healthy and whatnot I think that you know offers will probably come in from a good portion of the league and because he'll potentially be a UFA uh you know he's gonna probably go somewhere closer to home if the Flames don't get it together. Now, I'm not saying he's going to run to St. Louis or anything like that, but I think that he is going to probably sign with a team that is a contender. And this is all just a hypothetical. I'm not, I don't know anything about his future or I'm not an insider by any means. God, I, I, I don't have the capacity for that. But I just, I think that if that's, what arises and what the future holds for Kachuk, I do think that he signs with a true contender. And can you blame him? Could you blame anyone for wanting to win when they have that kind of talent? But coming up next, we are going to talk about the the balancing act that Brad Tree Living is going to have to do in order to get things under control and of course we're going to talk about Kachuk some more but first let me tell you about the world's best tasting protein bar and if you guessed Built Bar you're absolutely correct. Built Bar tastes just like a candy bar but they're actually really good for you. They are high in fiber, high in protein, low in sugar, great for anybody on keto and anyone that is looking for that extra push to get them through the day. Built Bar has become a staple in my home because sometimes it's a little too hectic during the school year to cook a full meal and Built Bars get the job done when they're so filling and I absolutely love the raspberry and orange flavors and my boyfriend is a big fan of the German chocolate flavors as well. So head on over to built.com today and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your order at build.com. Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so something that has been looming over me and like a dark rain cloud is the fact that Matthew Kachuk's qualifying offer for next year is $9 million. Yes, you read that correctly or heard that correctly, I guess. $9 million. If you don't know what a qualifying offer is, basically a team has a set dollar amount in the contract that they explain is, you know, that's, a, that's what we'll offer you in order to, you know, re-sign you. Or, uh, you know, you, you don't get to become a UFA. If they don't extend the qualifying offer or if they don't qualify you, uh, you become a UFA. So any team can talk to you. You can sign with any team. You're not under, he wouldn't be under the Flames control anymore if they didn't, um, you know, extend that offer. So just because a player is not uh, qualified 
that doesn't mean that they are resigning, aren't resigning rather. It could just be a matter of, you know, we're going to work on a little bit more of a team friendly deal or we're going to get something else done. $9 million is a fat chunk of change for one player on the Flames and I it's still too early to tell what the cap space might look like, but there are some signings that have to get done as well as Kachuk's, you know, Gaudreau, Gaudreau, uh, Mangiapane, Kachuk, and I think there's maybe one or two more, but if Tree doesn't lock up Johnny this offseason, he's gonna have a lot on his plate, and I think that you know, an extension for Mangiapane could potentially get done during the season or something of that nature. I really am interested in seeing how the Flames are able to navigate this, especially with the money that they have. I I don't want to say tied up because that's not right, but just with how they're, like, how they're going to navigate spending this money and I think it's a very valid concern especially with the flat cap with the loss of revenue and everything like that if 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 Kachuk hits the market is tree living done because at that point he would have I believe one year left on his contract or is he done before we even cross that bridge there are a lot a lot of things that could potentially have him fired before that. And I don't know what the final straw will be. If there will be a final straw, seven years here and kind of uh, confusing legacy. I don't even want to call it a legacy, uh, you know, but just a very confusing resume here in Calgary. So we'll have to see. What is up with trees, tree living's decision making and what the future holds for Matthew Kachuk and of course really the Flames as well because he is a big, big part of their team that this Flames organization really needs and it would be a shame if things don't work out but you know can't get too far ahead of ourselves here. And, you know, before we go, I figured I would sneak in one last thing to those who made it to the end of today's episode, and that would be the giveaway. I'm giving away a Matthew Kachuk Funko Pop, and you can enter by leaving a five-star rating on Apple iTunes in the podcast app, and of course, leaving a nice review, and that will get you entered into the giveaway. So thank you all so much for tuning in. I'm hoping to do more of these as time goes on. So thank you again so much for tuning in to today's episode and I will chat with y'all a little bit later this week. Bye-bye.